This show is designed to give general information related to investing in finance. Neither Aaron Katzman, his guests, nor the radio station are rendering legal, tax, or specific investment advice. If you need such advice, contact a licensed advisor. And welcome to the Aaron Katzman Show. I'm your host, Aaron Katzman. We're here to speak about your life, your money, and your investments. And as always, we are coming to you from the spiritual and soon-to-be financial capital of the world, Jerusalem, Israel. Get any questions or comments? Feel free to email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at Lighthouse with an L, lighthousecapital.co.il. That's Aaron at lighthousecapital.co.il. Be sure to check me out on the web at www.aaronkatzman.com. That's www.aaronkatzman.com. Follow me on both Twitter and LinkedIn, and be sure to subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel. So I want to tell a little story. People always ask me, why are you like hyper when you do the podcast? Why are you hyper when you do your video interviews? Where's all that energy from? So when I was uh, in college, which was last century, not that old, not that long ago, okay, it was last century. When I was in college, I had a speech teacher who was all about energy. And I had to give a speech. It was one Friday morning. And I like rolled out of bed and I came, I think, in my sweatpants. Uh, to class, and I started speaking, and he goes, Katzman, that's not good. He goes, get on the floor right now and give me 20 push-ups. I'm like, huh? And he goes, give me 20 push-ups. So I did 20 push-ups. He goes, now do 20 sit-ups. So I did 20 sit-ups. Now, now do 25 jumping jacks. I did 25 jumping jacks, and he goes, now speak. And from then on, I've just been hyper when I speak. Okay, I got full of energy. Anyway, what do I want to talk about? I want to speak about it's wedding season. Woohoo! Yeah. It is wedding season. And last time I spoke about a newly, not even a newly wed couple, but a couple in their 20s who had managed an unbelievable accomplishment. They got into $30,000, $35,000 in debt in no time. Way to go. Okay. No, I'm joking. That is not the way you want to go. Okay. What I want to speak about today is. A financial, a smart financial start for newlyweds, okay? So, and you're going to just bear with me, okay? I want to give newlyweds a few tips so that they can start their marriage on solid financial footing. Because we all know, unfortunately, like the number one cause for weddings to go bad, weddings, for marriages to go bad, um, are financial issues. I think it's the number one cause of divorce today. That's been a well-cited statistic. So I just go along with it. And if it's right, it's right. And if it's wrong, well, so it's one of the top three biggest reasons. What can I tell you? Okay. Now, um, more often than not, young newlyweds especially have very little, okay? Very little money and very little experience in managing their finances, right? And then all of a sudden after the wedding, right, they're just merged together and they're plunged into a new world right? Where there's a household to run and finances to take care of. Um, this can be daunting, okay? So that's why I want to help you live in a financially disciplined manner. And I'm going to tell you something else. If you can live disciplined financially, it's going to spread to everything else in your life. And you're going to have an unbelievable marriage. L'chaim. Number one tip, guess what? Budget, Okay. Learn how to budget. Keep track of each shekel or dollar or pound that you spend and everything you earn. Tracking each expense, right? But you can use an app, 
write it down in a notebook for those of us old timers can be really helpful to understand where your money um, is going, what it's being spent on. The other thing, I, this is really important, right? Make sure that monthly and annual expenses don't exceed, don't exceed your income as to avoid obviously in getting into overdraft. What's really important is to sort of create two different um, parallel budgets. You wanna have your, your monthly budget, right? All your monthly expenses, your utilities, your food, buses, you know, rents, mortgage, whatever it is. Um, and then you want to have an annual budget in parallel, which will be maybe insurances, vacations, if you're already married, summer camps for the kids, um, shopping for clothes, all those things which aren't coming on every month, but come a couple times a year, once a year, whatever it is, create a separate budget for that and then divide that by 12, by the 12 months of the year, and then take that number and bring it back into your monthly budget. And that's really the number that you need um, to make on a monthly basis in order to be even um, at the end of the month. I have seen, and I spoke about last week, couples who right out of the gate, right, have accumulated, here we go, $35,000 uh, in debt within six months, within a few years um, of their getting married. Why? Because they didn't really realize they were just starting out. They wanted to have what their parents had, what they grew up with, right? They wanted to have a beautiful bedroom set, right? They wanted to have the fanciest uh, home electronics, right? They needed to have, instead of a beaten up car, jalopy, they needed to have a Tesla, not exactly, but they had to buy a new car. Right? These are all things which um, it took your parents probably a lot of time, a long, long time before they were able to have those things. And to think that just, you know, you're gonna get married and start out and have those things right away, uh, is foolish and you're going to end up doing so much damage uh, to your financial situation that it's going to be hard to recover, right? Watch last week's um, video, listen to last week's podcast where I spoke about this family with already a kid. I think they had a kid. Maybe they didn't have a kid. But already had $35,000 in debt, right? That's not such an easy thing to get rid of. That's a big lifestyle change that you're staring at. Um, if you want to, you know, sort of stabilize your financial situation. So my question is, why get there in the first place, right? Follow the tips, be financially savvy and disciplined uh, right out of the start, right after your wedding, and you're going to be in a much, much better situation, right? Live within your means, right? If you don't make that much, or even if you make a million dollars a year, don't spend $2 million a year because you need, I need to have this, I need to have that. You don't need to have anything. Okay, there's certain things you might want to have a roof over your head, but that's where it stops. Have some food. Okay, but you don't need, like, so you don't need a brand new dining room set. You don't need brand new beds. You don't need a brand new car. Okay, if you can afford those things, mount more power to you. But the point is, you have to live within your means. The next tip is communication. Now, I'm not exactly known as Mr. Communicator, I'm like an old, strong, silent type. But no, I'm joking. You really need to communicate with your spouse about what is important. Now, you're joining forces. Keep in mind what's important to you and what's important to your significant other as you enter this bond into this marriage are going to be different. Okay? Very great chance you're going to have different financial goals, needs, financial cultures, right? You were raised differently um, with respect to money. So what you need to do is you have to really, um, on every spending decision, you have to um, communicate. 
so that you can stay out of debt. Make sure, is this something you both want? Okay. When you were single, if you felt like buying a cup of coffee in a Danish, you wouldn't think twice. Of course you go do it. But now that decision can have ramifications on your whole financial situation, right? And if neither one of you is accountable to the other, and you're still living two separate financial lives, once you're married, good luck. To you, okay. That's not going to work. You have to merge your finances. I'm not talking about merging bank accounts and two different, that's a whole other thing. I don't even go there. Last time I wrote an article about having um, one bank account, I was like just blown up uh, by my email and social media about what a Neanderthal I am and the importance of having each, each partner having their own bank account. I don't want to go there. I don't even want to discuss it. That's not what I'm speaking about here. Okay. What I'm speaking about here is the importance of um, joining forces towards a common good and knowing what that good is. What is your financial goal? goals? Okay. And the only way you're going to get there is if both sides are committed to it and work together um, to get to that spot. Okay. Um, now that you're now that you need to be financially accountable uh, to your significant other, um, you need to prioritize expenses, right? Ask yourself if a purchase is necessary. Ask yourself, would my spouse approve of this purchase? Right? If you're not together, right? Should should I do this or or by doing this? the sort of selfish purchase, am I going to uh, prevent my significant other for doing X, Y, and Z? Think about it, right? You have another person now involved. You really need to think, what are the ramifications of my spending? It's very, very important, okay? And then what can I tell you? Save, okay? I know a broken record. Save as soon as possible, right? A new couple should start a disciplined monthly or annual savings plan. Start with your wedding money, or with any other monies you came into the marriage with, start saving. Um, I sat with, um, I sat with a couple, so the husband, uh, earlier this week, and they managed to over. They've been married for a few years, but they had about um, seventy-five, eighty thousand dollars. And I just showed him. I said, "You know what? You can put that in now. You're you're twenty-five or twenty-six. Don't even add any money to it." Okay, and let's say you want to retire in like 30 years. I think it came out to at, in a low return on the compound interest capital. I think we put in like five and a half percent or something like that. Way under sort of um, market uh, normal, I shouldn't say normal, but average returns, let's say. And I think it came out to something around $500,000. And then I said, you know what? Let's say you take that same money, okay, and you put it in when you're 45, 20 years later, and you save for 20 years. What's the difference going to be? Well, the difference was significant. Okay, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, and keep into take into account once you start, hopefully having children, your expenses are going to go up. It might be harder for you to save money on a monthly basis or an annual basis. So now's a great time to get started and let that beauty of the magic of compound interest work for you. Okay, start if you can add to it every year, phenomenal. But just take a chunk of money and invest it, and you're going to be in such better financial shape. Um, I, I can't tell you. It's I mean, unbelievable what your situation um, is going to be. Um, start saving immediately. It makes your future expenses much, much easier to deal with. You have been tuning in to the Aaron Katzman Show. I'm your host, Aaron Katzman. We're here to speak to you about your life, your money, and your investments. If you've got any questions or comments, feel free to email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at lighthousecapital.co.il. Be sure to check me out on the web at www.katzman.com. Follow me on both Twitter 
and LinkedIn, and be sure to subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel. To all of you newlyweds, if you got any questions or comments, like I say, reach out. We're going to be happy to help um, set you up on a life of financial security and discipline. Mazel tov to all of you, and we'll speak to you soon.